So I went really early. I live in the south of France, so I had to drive like five hours from midnight to five o'clock in the morning to go pick him up at the airport. And so I, I <laughs> arrive in this really big warehouse and I'm waiting for Yoda. I don't know what's going on. I'm the only one there. And then there's this uh, forklift that arrives with Yoda. <laughs> just there's a little Yoda in the middle of this warehouse. They just put it like this in front of me. And that was just, that was really funny. Yeah. Join us as we chat to amazing cat explorers and experts. Learn from them, listen to their war stories, celebrate their wins, and laugh at the funny moments that have been a part of their journey. Welcome to the Cat Explorer Podcast. I'm Asara. And I'm Daniel. We're chatting all about international travel with your cat today. And we love seeing who's listening along to the podcast. So we would love it if you could take a screenshot or take a photo of what you're doing while listening along, share it to your Instagram stories, tag us at catexplorer.community and at Fluffy Yoda. We always love resharing your stories. This week's review is by Zigzag11. Interesting and informative. This podcast is probably my favorite podcast. Includes tons of information on cat care from diet to behavior. It has it all. The main focus of the podcast is to teach people about cat exploring, which is, quite frankly, they have nailed. They talk about how to teach your cat what the safe place is, harness training, and even cat rescues. They make it interesting each time by inviting new and exciting guests to come and talk about different methods and answer some questions. The questions are always evidenced and I can't lose interest. Whether you're in the car, on the train bus or tram. It is a great pastime or just something to listen to while you work. I can't think of a way to word this, so I'll say it as it is. When I first heard about cat exploring, I thought it was cool, but wasn't sure about trying it out myself. Within two episodes, I was hooked and was ready to try it out myself. In conclusion, this is an amazing podcast jam-packed with info. It has humor, an easy atmosphere, and definitely worth the time. Oh my goodness, thank you so much, Zigzag, for that honest and beautiful review. I really do appreciate it. And we'd love it if you could leave a review for the Cat Explorer podcast wherever you listen to reviews as well. We'll include a link in the show notes to show you how you can just do that. And we'll read it out on a future episode. Thank you. question we often get asked is, how do you travel internationally with your cat? We're really excited because we're deep diving into that topic today. Paul and Bree are cat parents to Yoda, who has lived in multiple countries, including the US, Nepal, France, and more. They're well-versed in this topic. Bree and Paul also run the blog Fluffy Kitty, which covers everything from tips on looking after your kitty to reducing your cat's environmental footprint. Welcome to the podcast, Bree and Paul. Oh, thanks, guys. Thank We're you. really happy to be here. We're super excited <laughs> to talk to you guys. So are we. Um, we'd love to hear a little bit about Yoda. How did he come into your life? Okay, so funny story. I had been, we had been living in France, and I had been begging Paul to adopt a cat for ages, and of course, he wouldn't let me. So when we moved back to the States, uh, my mom and my sister and I, we go to the animal shelter and I was looking at Paul like, we're going to get a cat this time. So the day we go and, you know, I, Paul has a special liking towards gray cats. And so I was looking that day for a gray cat. I was like, motivated so we walk in and (laughs) we go up to the glass door that lets view like you can see into the cat room and the first kitty I laid eyes on was actually Yoda and he was gray and perfect and he was looking straight at us and (laughs) so we walked in and I went straight up to that cage I didn't look at any other cats that day took Yoda out and basically looked at Paul and was (laughs) was like pretty hard to say no (laughs) yeah (laughs) yeah but actually we left that day uh not adopting Yoda and of course so I left heartbroken but still motivated so in the car back I was trying to figure out ways to like push Paul into saying yes and so I was like can we get him if we name him Darth Vader and because I know Paul likes Star Wars and and then we were like oh no and then I just said Yoda and then the car went silent and I looked at Paul and me and my family, we knew we had him. So the next day we go back <laughs> and sure enough, I had been worrying all night that he would be gone and Yoda was still there and we adopted him. So that was how we met Yoda. <laughs> yeah. And I wasn't even old enough to legally adopt a cat. So I had to make Paul sign the paper <laughs> so, just to add the extra bit of sweetness to it. <laughs> 
Is there a um, legal age that you have to be to adopt a cat in the U.S.? Yeah, I think yeah, you have to right. be 21. And I was only nine. No, I was only 20. And I was just a few weeks shy of my birthday. But yeah. Oh, wow. <laughs> That's how you got yeah. him. Hook, yeah. sink with, with the Star Wars references, <laughs> having to get him to sign it. But, right. <laughs> you know, that, yeah. that sounds uh, much like a lot of other stories of adoption, including our own, <laughs> where yeah. she broke me down and she got me, you know, with the yeah. photos and with, you know, oh. this is the cat, this is what it looks like. And then it's like, that's so cute. And then <laughs> you just just go with it and you just say yes. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And you never look yeah, back. Yeah, for sure. But it's just, uh, you know, it, it looks like so much commitment at first. And that's why I didn't want to. And right. also because I knew we were going to be traveling so much. And uh, I know it's already complicated yeah. for just two person to do this. And you had a cat. It's even more complicated. Yeah. But now it's actually the best thing that happened to us. Because mm-hmm. thanks to that, then we're talking to you guys. Today, yeah. So. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It's, I, I think I really relate to like just getting our two cats. I think I was hassling Daniel for about three years before we got our <laughs> own cats. I think it's probably not an understatement to say they've changed our lives. So it's. Right. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. I love it. <laughs> so Yoda, tell us a little bit about Yoda and what he's like. Right. Well, um, that's what I really like about him. It's like he's really human in a way. It's not a it's not a lab cat. He's not gonna stay uh, an hour in your lap. This is never gonna happen. But he's always here to greet you, says hi, and uh, you know you you pet him for like uh, a minute. And then he's done. He needs his he needs his space, and which is understandable. You know, it's like uh, you don't want to be always petted. It's just <laughs> yeah. And uh, it's the same time we we're talking about it earlier with mm-hmm. with strangers. You know, he's always friendly, and yeah. it, it, he approaches them gently at first, and then you know sniffs around, and then says hi, and then he, he goes back to his life, right? Right. <laughs> yeah, Yoda. He's just unpredictable too. Like one minute he can be kind of like cuddly like during playtime next minute he'll be running up the walls like just getting ready for this podcast Yoda like jumped up in between us tried to jump up on the shelves like crawling all over my keyboard and we were like what What? where were you just before us (laughs) yeah it's a pretty curious cat which is good for us which is why I think he likes traveling is because he loves looking out the window and the car and the backpack anything Curious, uh-huh. super fluffy. Yeah. yeah. He's great. <laughs> That's so awesome. So what types of um cat exploring do you do with Yoda? Well, it started just us walking him around outside of our apartment in North Carolina and we took him to a park. Then we were traveling a lot by car then because I was still in school. And it wasn't until that he was almost one year old. Yeah, he had just turned one. A few months after, we flew to Nepal. So that was our first international trip together. And since then, he's been flying in cabin and both in cargo. We do lots of road trips. We road tripped across Europe together mm-hmm. with Yoda while we lived in Europe and around yeah. it. And He's been riding a bike with us in Kathmandu, yeah. Nepal, which was also a pretty cool adventure. <laughs> yeah. Both for him and for us. Backpacking on the beaches of Mexico. I mean, he's... <laughs> Yeah, he's pretty flexible. Wow, that's just incredible. I love that he's um lived in several countries. Do you mind taking us through where he's lived? Well, yeah, he's been to uh, pretty much six countries uh, that we've really stayed for a while. Mm-hmm. So started all in the U.S. where we adopted him at a local shelter in uh, in Tennessee. And uh, shortly after, Brittany had to fly to Nepal for work and studies. So that's that was the second and like biggest destination i guess we'll talk about it later but that was like the biggest challenge to go to go there to nepal and uh we we also lived in france in the netherlands in belgium uh and finally uh last year and this year in mexico so yeah and and we're about we're leaving actually tomorrow to canada so there will be (laughs) one more wow that's like I could just imagine that kitty passport of just all those stamps on it and like, <laughs> yeah. those cards and the photos, the Instagram photos. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, he's pretty spoiled and he doesn't know it. <laughs> so we talked about all these different places and they're quite uh-huh. culturally varied. What sort of differences 
in pet care and sort of arrangements locally did you did you find between those countries? Oh gosh, so definitely the most shocking was the difference between our pet culture in the states and the pet culture in Nepal, which was almost like non-existent apart from dogs. So for cats, it was really really different and uh so when we were trying to find supplies like trying to say hey do you have a cat litter box i mean already it was hard between the nepali and the english and they had no idea what i was talking about because they hardly i mean they've never received yeah, questions the, like the that most before. simple things were hard to get and during the first days yeah. we kind of struggled had to find some random products yeah. to replace the litter yeah. like using rice or like Newspaper. any type of grain so we uh-huh. could handle the transition before right. we could find the real stuff mm-hmm. yeah, yeah we even bought like a dish washing up tub that was round instead of like a normal little box i mean it's the same thing it was like a plastic tub i guess mm-hmm. but it was it took us like two weeks to find that even and cat food you know unrecognizable brands but maybe like just one or two that were maybe more popular in south asia and it was quite, yeah, quite different. And just talking to the people, they were so surprised that we brought our cat to Nepal, too. Uh, it was so foreign to them to think that a cat could be a companion because they just look at them as strays and they kind of have a bad reputation in Nepal as well, like a bad omen kind of thing. So it's really, really different, whereas dogs were popular as pets. That's that's yeah. one of the great things, like traveling with Yoda like this kind of brings awareness and you know yeah. uh, makes people maybe change their mind about what can be or cannot be and uh yeah it's it's, it's pretty good against stereotypes i guess i completely agree and it's um really interesting what you say about the um not finding the litter box or the cat food and stuff like that because as you were talking so as background i was actually born in sri lanka so that's my background Oh, and um you're right like i've never been to nepal so i'm not sure how similar the cultures are but when i think about (laughs) it now i don't think i've ever seen a litter box in sri lanka (laughs) like the cats are outside and yeah in terms of cat food i think they eat the like the pet industry has grown so much in the last few years so it's like there's been heaps of progression in that space in Sri Lanka Mm -hmm. but I do know a lot of the cats still eat the scraps and stuff to the point that when my family adopted our first cat years and years ago like maybe 30 years ago my parents gave her a piece of bread for dinner the first night and she just looked at us like what are you thinking (laughs) what is this (laughs) what is this typical (laughs) yeah but it was like it's great to see that those things are evolving as well. So I'd be curious to know whether Nepal has evolved in that space too recently. Oh, yeah, yeah it probably to, has, yeah. yeah I'd sure. love to go back and I'm sure it would be mm. way more popular to have mm. a cat now. <laughs> yeah, and so, for the other countries, Europe uh, was pretty much the same as, you know, it's... Yeah, Europe is pretty similar. It's mm-hmm. got a, a lot of choice and, uh, I mean... Yeah, if you're not too picky, and I guess we'll talk about eco-friendly later, it's easy to find supplies that can yeah. you know, that help you out every day. Uh, and yeah, Mexico, Mexico was uh, Mexico was it was pretty it was fairly easy. We were in a really easy, a little yeah. bit more remote place compared to the big cities that have everything. But still, if you go to the to the supermarket, you can you can find yeah. everything that online. you need. Yeah. Yeah, we had a. Huh special pet retailer online that we ordered from and it was super easy so with europe you said it was pretty similar you mean similar to the u.s is that right right yeah Yeah. more choice i mean you could find practically anything and yeah they equally own cats and dogs i think just as much as the u.s maybe yeah that's so awesome it must make it a lot easier when you go somewhere where you can easily find what you're looking for because i can only (laughs) imagine how stressful those first few weeks in nepal must have been to try and yeah. find what you needed actually exactly. out of curiosity yeah. what did mm-hmm. you do for cat food especially in those first few days uh, I had brought a huge like one pound no yeah like three or four pound ziplog bag of cat dry cat food that I actually had to like tape some of to Yoda's carrier for cargo purposes like one of the requirements and mm. so we just used that for the next few days yeah, until and- we could it's not just the first days, but sometimes, you know, Nepal was uh, out of supplies or it was harder to find and we had to improvise. So we would like cook chicken or something like this, you know, just uh, mm-hmm. things that we know that he likes and that's going to be very yeah. nutritious for him. And mm-hmm. I mean, you, th- there's always a way and 
even though right. you and I can be picky, it still worked out. Yeah, and then about like after ten months of living there, we found in the uh, frozen section at the supermarket uh, pet food, like raw pet food. We're like, where have we been all the time? So it it was for dogs though, but I'm sure like it was like chicken livers and stuff. So we could have used it for Yoda, but we left yeah. quite. You just have to research a lot. And it's true, like you said, we just arrived. So personally, we didn't know much about the culture. So we had to adapt ourselves. Mm -hmm. And we had to find all this stuff for Yoda, too. (laughs) So that was, I mean, that was fun, for sure. It's just challenging at the time. Mm. Yeah, I think on the surface, it looks like it's difficult, but it's good that you saw it as fun as well, because that's the whole point of traveling, right? You, yeah. you just learn the new cultures and figure out, figure things out. And if it's a disaster, it makes it a good story in, in the future, <laughs> oh, yeah. and you can look back and laugh <laughs> at it. So <laughs> many members of our community want to travel internationally with their cats. What's the first thing you really need to think about or do while you're traveling internationally with your cat? Well, we were talking about this earlier, and we definitely want to encourage people to do as much research as possible so that's kind of generic like do your research but within that we specified like you need to search your country uh, requirements for your destination country Uh, there's so many resources now online and we talk about it also on our blog and you just got to find trusty site and usually they list out everything that the country requires all the tests and vaccinations so I usually do several I cross-check my references I do all of that stuff just to be sure that my information is correct and if I have a doubt I'll call where I need to the vet the Mm-hmm. Yeah, a yeah. country representative even, or mainly I check with airlines because they also require copies of all the documents that you need to. Right, and, and depending on on the kind of travel you're gonna do with your cat, uh, like if it's just for a a, a week or two that you you want to visit a country and you're bringing uh bringing him along, it may help you to say yes, I'm going there or no, because I know that. Some countries like Australia used to be like this, I think, uh, where you have a quarantine period. I mean, it can be quite stressful mm-hmm. and uh, and you don't necessarily want to uh, put your cat under that t- type of stress. So it can help you really decide where you're going, if you're going or not. And yeah, I think it's yeah. really important to research the country that you're mm-hmm. specifically targeting. Just to add to that, I think most people that would be moving abroad with their cat it's probably for work or school purposes, for instance, like it was for us. So we had the long term in mind, you know, at least a year or six months or something like that, which changes things a bit. And you can be more organized and take it slowly. So we always start our research maybe two to three months ahead. But that was definitely not how <laughs> our first trip to Nepal worked no. out. I had two weeks to organize everything and it was just crazy but it forced me to learn it all like really learn it all for that first time so the the times that we traveled after that I mean it kind of seemed like a breeze I mean we just got better and better at it the logistics got easier and I knew exactly who to call when to make my appointments so it's definitely a step-by-step thing and first things definitely country requirements and then after that health requirements, vaccines, making appointments, and along down the line. <laughs> yeah, so she, she was really proactive at, the, at that time to make sure that everything was going to fall into place at the at the right time. So, yeah, it's very important to uh, make like a checklist, a timeline of all those things that you need to do so that when the the day arrives, you're, you're ready to go. Because any paper may take, I mean, you know, weeks mm-hmm. to get signed or... Uh, you got to ship it really fast and then it's going to cost you also a lot of money. That's something also to take into account. Mm-hmm. It seems the key here is really about preparation and being organized. Like oh, yeah. some people, you can, you can travel by yourselves as humans with, you know, a plane ticket, a passport, and a lot of times you can get by. But if you want to, you know, include your cat in that conversation, you do need a bit more preparation and organization to make sure it goes smoothly. And it seems like, yeah, you need to think it through. Otherwise, it could get very... Very hairy and very uh, disastrous, and especially we talked about Australia exactly right, mm-hmm. where we've got strict quarantine laws. And if you don't know about it, you'll get caught out very easily, and then you're suddenly you're in this you know nightmare situation. You, you know, no, no one wants to be in. Yeah, definitely. So we talked about some of the first steps you'd take, and then can you talk us through the logistics of what you need to do 
before you even book that flight. So what do you need to think about? I'm just going to say it as how I do it. It's not like the mm-hmm. best method, anything. This is just how I do it. So before I book my flight, so first I go through my research. I do my country requirements. And along the way, I'll be writing down everything. So I write down the initial preliminary information that I find and uh, as I go down, so I'll also look at the health requirements. So de- vaccinations, of course, um, especially if it's like the first time traveling or if it's a kitten. And I look at the airline also, like what they require, because most of the time it's the same as what the country's requiring. But airlines can differ and that can shake some people up. You know, they arrive and all of a sudden you've got this new information. So I make sure to do all of my research before booking the flight, like just to see that everything can work out, like the schedule for the vet, because that is very important important and something that I also like (laughs) messed up with, kind of not messed up with, but struggled with uh, the first time making the appointments for Yoda. And then when it comes to booking the flights, well, that's a whole other process, but I really just approach it with what Paul and our needs are so and usually that turns out to be like the best flight also for Yoda so like the least travel time yeah we we search a couple different flights Mm -hmm. see how that could work out for us we select those and then we see within those flights which airlines can accommodate Yoda the best and uh, what's the cheapest Uh, and we just generally make sure that the airline uh, has a good reputation or, you know, knows how to handle this kind of things. Because especially if your cat is going to fly cargo for long international flights, you want to make sure that the the company is going to take care of him, knows right. what mm-hmm. they're doing. And uh, yeah, then after this, well, it's pretty much uh, yeah. booking the flight and then working out. There's a lot of back and forth between uh, you and the, the airline because every airline is going to be different, even though there are some common requirements. And uh, I mean, this is something I really encourage you. And Brittany was doing it very well you know, when she was taking care of this is really calling them like any dot that you have call yeah. them, confirm that this document is OK, that, you know, like they, they may be a size requirement for your uh, your pet carrier yeah, or uh, for under the seat in the plane. I mean, there's yeah. a lot of things that you can miss, right? If you don't write it down just like get a visual on it. At least for me, that really helps. And so I'll I'll write all my questions down. I'll call the airline. I'll wait those 45 minutes. I'll get connected (laughs) and boom, I hit them with all my questions, my cat and (laughs) I triple check. So that's the least thing that we want to happen with traveling with Yoda is for a document to be missing or something and him have it to Mm -hmm. like set aside or be quarantined or something. So yeah. And the more you travel and the, the easier it gets. And that's, also part of our blog where we explore every company and then we tell yeah. our audience like uh, what are the requirements we make sure that that's accurate we've done the research it took us hours <laughs> but then you get it synthesized and it's it's you know it's way faster and easier for you to do this so yeah. that's also part of the fun the information can be helpful for a lot of mm-hmm. a lot of True. people yeah Yeah, on the blog, I really encourage people. So it sounds like a lot. And at first, it can be really intimidating. I get a lot of questions about from people saying I'm traveling here, you know, it's their first time. And I had the same worries, like when I was, but I had no, like, person to ask, like all the blogs, they were really informational blogs. And you just couldn't like get in contact with the person behind it. So I really encourage everybody to not stress because it seems like a lot. But if you make a checklist and you follow it, you just check, tick it off. You're definitely a okay, and everything will be super smooth. Being organized really does help. I um I kind of wanted to jump back to country requirements. So like I understand that we should um, research each country. I imagine things like vaccinations, quarantine. Um, is there anything else that we should be researching when we're looking into different countries to travel to? So like Europe, they required a pet passport and we traveled to Nepal and didn't need one. So we were like, well, what is this? And yeah, it can be like a little pamphlet or like a little booklet that basically just has all of your cat's vaccinations written or stamped down by the vets that you visited, just like a record. Yeah. Um, Sometimes the the country that you're actually leaving from 
has more requirements than the the, the country that you're going to. Definitely. Or uh, even, for example, for the U.S., when you uh, get out of the U.S., you gotta have the international health certificate, and it's like, I mean, it's easy to have, but it takes some time. Right. And for example, mm-hmm. when we came back from Mexico this time to the United States, we didn't even need this, and it seems like it seems a little paradoxical because. I mean, it's the same country. If they require it when you get out, why don't they require it to come in to make sure that the cat is all right? Yeah. So we we sometimes we go the extra mile to make sure that it's okay. So in any case, we did a, a international health certificate to get you know make sure that everything was okay. But yeah, it's, sometimes it can be a little tricky to understand where this is coming from. Yeah, and quickly just to say, like even though we've Yeah, we've moved abroad with the other like five, six, seven times now. I mean, things change, policies change very quickly. So like one year we might need it, the next year they might just take it off. So we always have to redo our research as if we were doing it for the first time. So yeah, and other than that, the vaccinations, they also change. But you know, Yoda's an adult now. He's had all of his vacs pretty good. So they're updated like every three years. Mm. Um. Yeah, usually with the standard vaccination, you can pretty much go anywhere. It's just a requirement that your cat is generally healthy and is yeah. there's no like a special like we had to get a I don't remember what vaccine it was, but when we went to Nepal because we're we're not exposed to the same stuff there than here, but you didn't have to do any of this. You just right. had this standard mm-hmm. vaccination and it was it was all right. A really important document that we've needed over and over again when flying internationally is the international health certificate. And you, this is tricky area because you need this within 10 days of your departure date. Hence why it's so important to make book that appointment ahead of time. And the first time <laughs> when I had those two weeks to prepare everything for Nepal, I made my appointment. And first, not all vets do it. They don't all issue this health certificate because it's a special thing. I finally found a vet around my small hometown in North Carolina that could do it or at least thought they could do it. And so I had waited a few days thinking that I was okay. And they called me, I think the day before the appointment. And now we're down to seven days before I'm leaving. And they say, we can't do it. We're so sorry. And I was just like, and so I called around again and like an hour and a half away there was this vet who could do it perfect book this in and stuff the process was not over we didn't walk out of there that day with the international health certificate you have to like overnight FedEx it I had to pay like 50 bucks to ship it overnight to Florida so it could get signed officially by USDA AFIT APHIS officer and then shipped express ship back to me before I left. I got it two days before I start. I left. <laughs> Talk about like good timing. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so it's really important to like we try and rate like yeah raise awareness that you gotta do this within those ten days. Get it stamped, especially for the for people in the U.S. But when we left Europe. In France, we just had to get the health certificate, but it didn't have to be signed by... Uh, yeah, you just go to the yeah. vet, he signs it, which kind of makes sense because he's the one sense. who's seeing the cat and making sure that he's yeah. all right. But I guess you know, it's like a double <laughs> approval that yeah. they need. That's fine. As long as you know it, you're prepared, yeah. and you make sure that your vet knows about this paper and that it needs to be uh, signed somewhere else, you <laughs> can anticipate. It's it's not that hard. It's on really stressful because at the time we were rushed but really <laughs> yeah, if you yeah. if you go down your checklist it's gonna be perfectly fine yeah yeah that makes sense i can't imagine how stressed you were in those seven <laughs> days leading up to going to nepal <laughs> yeah so one, one thing that i've read is that when you're booking your airline and your flight you should book early because some airlines actually have limits on how many animals they can Carrie, is that some is that something you agree True. with? Every time I've uh, spoken with the airline, there are some requirements, and it cha- and it changes depending on the airline as as well. But so you call in advance just to see if you can book your pet's flight, and they'll say yes. They'll ask for information, usually maybe like carrier weight with your cat in it, size, dimensions, and stuff like that. And they'll kind of like pre-book it, and you don't have to pay anything yet. So it's always important to call back. You have to like 
especially me, I was like calling like every two weeks or something like, is it still booked? Is it still booked? And, but you don't have to do that. (laughs) You just have to call back usually like a week or even 24 hours. Sometimes we've had to do that. And it's just so that the airline can tell you, okay, you're still good to go. You're officially booked in now. Like there's maybe there's, yeah, there's no other uh, pets that are like maxing out the capacity or anything. But usually airlines will have like maybe uh, two pets per main cabin and maybe like one in business class. That's just an example. It could vary, but it's usually not more than like two or three, maybe four. We've never had a problem with that. Yeah. Yeah. Still people traveling in, in cabin with their pets uh, is rare enough, I think, so that this problem does not occur. But uh, I think they also do that because there is something about uh, mm-hmm. people that could be allergic to cats. If they say that somewhere in their reservation, then the airline is allowed to uh, rebook you somehow. Or I don't know how it works because it never happened to us, but that's a possibility too, which makes sense because when you're in such a small space and you're allergic and there's a cat in there, then that's that's not too good. <laughs> <laughs> so most of this is done over the phone, is that right? So would you be able to see this online at all as part of the booking system or you think it's more yeah a phone based system at the moment yeah. yeah it's it's not it's not optimized yet really right. uh, mm-hmm. we've had to do this really manually and it's not like you can't select you know just go on the website and it's not user friendly like that i wish it was there's probably good yeah. business in this but it's <laughs> not there yet so yeah. it's uh it's still a little bit of work I think we've seen it once and it was for like a domestic airline in Mexico. And it's like you can like add a pet as if you were like adding extra luggage. And we we're like, whoa, this feature is neat. It would make things a lot easier, I think. Um, but yeah, for now, I mean, it's a quick call. Sometimes there can be long waits, but usually everything, all of our questions are asked and answered within 10 minutes or something. Yeah. But airlines definitely need to work on the being a little more user-friendly on that side. On the topic of airlines, we're talking about, you know, carriers in, ca- in the cabin before, and we talked about cargo hold as well. Can you just talk us through that process? Because I also believe that Yoda's done both of it. Yeah, it's done uh, cargo about three times, and uh, in cabin, I don't know, maybe a little more. Yeah, we can walk you through, like, from, uh, like, entering the airport to uh, arriving on the other side. I think Brittany says it best because she's uh, <laughs> she's been the one who was holding Yoda through security and everything, so it's pretty cool. Yeah, so I'm going to go back to my first trip with Yoda because it was really like everything was so new. So it was a weird situation because I had to get to Nepal, I had like two layovers. So one in Philly and one in Doha. And I was flying first with United Airlines. So my cat Yoda could go in cabin with me for the first leg of the trip. However... After that, I was going to Doha and then to Kathmandu, and they only allowed, because it was a transatlantic flight, they only allowed in cargo, and it was with Qatar Airways, and so I needed a hard-sided carrier, which is one of the requirements for cargo travel for pets, but I was also traveling in cabin, you know, so I had to find this weird carrier that was like, like it would fit under the seat, but would also be appropriate for cargo travel. And I remember, uh, I'll, I'll say this real quick and I'll jump back through like airport security and such. But so I go in, I sit down and Yoda's carrier carrier is not fitting under the seat. And like, I'm having like to push it down the plastic down to make it go under. And one of the <laughs> attendants come to me and say, Ooh, if you can't fit that under that seat, we're going to have to ask you to rebook your flight. And I was like, oh, I'll make it fit. So (laughs) this lady across the aisle, she like saw me struggling. I was alone. And she was like, okay, I'll hoist the the seat up and you push it under. And we did that together and it just slid right in there. And it stuck out a little, but I like hit it with my legs and stuff and we were fine. And then we had like a long six to eight hour layover in Philly together. And I was like taking Yoda out of his carrier in the women's bathroom putting litter on toilet paper and trying to like make him go use the restroom because he wouldn't get to for like 15 to 20 hours after that because our flight our two extra stops were so long so if I back up now (laughs) like when we get to the airport you check in like usual but if you're doing cargo you have to hand over your crate as if it's like extra luggage 
and then you'll move on through security from there. But with in-cabin, how we've been doing it most often is we arrive and you have to go through security with your cat. And every time Yoda's been fine, like he gets a little anxious because there's so many people sometimes, but we try to arrive early. Sometimes we were like the first people in the airport yeah. in France. And now, like, now we plan ahead <laughs> and usually we're always the first one to yeah. be there. So to make sure that Yoda is not too yeah. stressed out. Yeah, and we can take our time that way. So you do have to take your cat out of the carrier and walk through the x-ray with them. And then you have to have your hand swabbed. So Yoda's like perched over my shoulder. And we, of course, there's like whisperings like, oh, my God, look at the cat and all this stuff. And yeah, it's interesting you definitely got all eyes on you and even the staff are like joking with you about your cat and stuff but yeah everything's good your hands get swapped and you move along and so usually we find a quiet spot or corner at our around our gate just so that Yoda can calm down and just relax until we board once it's time to board you just walk up like you normally do to scan your passport you just show your documents so always carry a folder of copies of the vaccination copies of the rabies certification yeah whatever flight. the airlines uh, yeah asked anything. you before you just keep it with you don't put it in your luggage and then you don't have it yeah. with you. <laughs> oh yeah i forgot to mention usually you pay for the flight you can either do it on the phone i've done that once or you pay at the counter when you arrive so you just say like traveling with my pet and here's my card and so i did that for cargo and i think in cabin once and let's see so you board we always try to board first because uh that way we can go ahead and safely stow yoda at our feet with his head towards us so that we can stick our hand in and like give him some love and some water and cuddles throughout the flight and that way people really don't notice that you're traveling with a cat like we've been so sneaky and stealthy coming in and out of airports that some, like once we arrived in Miami and even the security guard didn't see that we were carrying Yoda and then someone was someone else caught sight of him and was like is that a, like is that your cat and we're like oh yeah sorry here's the papers like <laughs> we had almost missed like the checkpoint not thing. on purpose but on because pur- yeah. you know it's just so quiet and you just hold it like a normal bag that yeah. people tend to not notice and so if you don't remind them hey you need to check my papers sometimes <laughs> they might, may not even think about it right yeah and you're all good after that i mean the process especially for in cabin is really smooth and easy That's so awesome. I had a few questions about some of the stuff that you were saying. So you were mentioning that you had the carry-in issue with the plastic and trying to fit it under the chair. That was really lovely of the person that was that helped you with that. It's really nice. Is it possible to perhaps like I'm just imagining could you take two carriers if you're in that situation? So one that fits under the the seat, and then when you get to your other location, swap Yoda out to the plastic one. And perhaps what you could do is use that as carry-on to move your stuff from one to the other. It's a bit (laughs) <laughs> no, no, that's a, yeah. that's up, a great but... idea, and yeah. I, th- I think we actually we... thought about this at the time. But uh, it's also complicated yeah. to manage with your own luggage, mm-hmm. and uh, if you if you do take the <laughs> the hard crate with you as well, it's going to count as a carry on. Yeah, which means that then you're not being able to get your own carry on, or you have to pay <laughs> I don't know uh, extra fees yeah. to get it on. And at the time, we didn't have that much money, so we were trying to <laughs> you know be on a yeah. budget and, and this yeah. kind of thing so i think it's it's totally doable right. and i mean I, I guess we could encourage people to do this so your well, cat's more comfortable i should clarify now like that was what 2015 mm-hmm. most airlines don't allow hard carriers in under the seat anymore so we always have a soft-sided carrier now for in-cabin travel and it's way better for those purposes because the seats can get really low so with a mesh-sided carrier, it's perfect. It'll just, like, buoy a little at the top, and it's fine. At the time, why we didn't do that, gosh, I think it was because I was traveling alone, and mm-hmm. I had to, un- like, dismount the carrier in order to carry it. And we- I don't even think we had a soft-sided carrier at the time for the first leg of our trip. It was just one of those, like, unique moments where it just happened to work out, and I got really lucky, I think. Yeah. <laughs> but uh. Yeah, now we do all, like, especially with the progression of the airlines, they're upgrading their policies and their accommodation for pets in cabin. It's a lot easier now to travel in cabin with a pretty good size, uh, soft-sided carrier. So, yeah, there's got plenty of room still. Uh-huh. So, yeah. 
That's awesome. Yeah, it was just it was just a thought I had because um some of those soft sided carriers are really good in that you can just like completely fold them up into like a little right. thing. So that might be easier for some people. Um and mm-hmm. I'm aware that in the US the TSA they if you wanted um if you want you can ask for a private screening room as well. Yeah. I'm not sure whether that's the case in other countries, but for those who are oh, a bit okay. nervous mm-hmm. about their cat going through security, that might be an option as well is just to ask yes. for that. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. You can ask for a private screening. But Yoda's so normally well behaved that we've never had to. But I, I would be interested to try the next time we fly. And I actually wanted to when we had planned to fly back from Mexico, but instead we bought a van and crossed the border by car or van. So <laughs> we didn't yeah. get the chance to not, ask. <laughs> not this time. And we. <laughs> We don't know about the other countries and how, right. like, if this is possible in every country. Because it's true that we haven't had to really explore that solution since Yoda is so good with traveling. But that's that's a really good question. I'd be interested to uh, to know if uh, some of your listeners yeah. have done this before. That would be mm-hmm. that'd be cool to learn about this. So I just want to circle back to a basic. We talked about traveling in cabin and traveling in cargo. Can you just define that for us in terms of what that actually means practically and some of the differences? So in cargo is definitely like, so the crate will be go under, under the plane in a pressurized cabin. And when I first traveled with it to Nepal, I made sure like the yeah, the room was pressurized and it had AC because we were traveling to warmer climates. And so I was like, can you please ask the pilot to, you know, make sure my cat is under there. Like, you know, he's not just like this thing. He's my cat. So take good care of him. <laughs> Practically, the things you need, there's a bit more supplies for cargo. So like your crate, it has to be a certain dimension and your cat needs to be able to stand up freely turn around lay down yeah. all of that you also need like live animal stickers which is funny it's like they're bright green stickers you need to put on the side of the carrier so they're easily spotted in cargo you also have to have like a pee liner like a pee pad for like dogs or cats at the bottom just in case of accidents uh, we also were required to tape our documents in like a little bag or folder to the side of the crate which is kind of difficult because our crate I mean Yoda was not even a year old he wasn't that big so our crate wasn't gigantic either and I had like all these stickers all over it plus his pet food they recommend that you tape a bag of food to it uh, because during transit the staff might feed your pet but that's never happened like the food has always been left untouched so we just make sure to feed Yoda well the day before not like three hours up to it just in case he gets sick and other supplies like food and water bowl attached on the inside or at least access to water because during emergencies your pet will seek out water and so make sure access to water so once we even bought like a hamster bottle put it on the outside of the crate and had like the little things sticking in for Yoda and it took a while to train him to like you have to lick this to get the water to come out (laughs) but it was there just in case so that made us feel better and I think that's it for cargo supplies. Yeah, just yeah, the the just coming back on the size of the crate because it's it's quite different uh, when we travel cargo than when we travel in cabin. Uh, when you're in cabin, it can be just the size of your cat, so it's fairly small. But when with, a, uh, with room still to stand up. Yeah, and, the mm-hmm. story we have with this is that uh, one time, so Brittany was flying to France, uh, but for uh, I don't remember for what reason, but Yoda had to fly before. So that I could pick him up in France. So mm-hmm. so he was flying on his own. Brittany drove to uh, Charlotte, North Carolina and dropped Yoda off there. And then he was supposed to fly to Paris where I was going to pick him <laughs> up. Anyway, that was like the second second time we did this. And uh, the lady, when she saw the carrier, she's like, no, that's that's way too small. You cannot. Like, yeah. he, he needs to be able to stand really in it and make sure that those specific dimensions are respected. Yeah. So Brittany ended up buying this huge, <laughs> huge, gigantic uh, crate because they didn't have anything uh, in between. Yeah. They just had that. So she had to buy that like, on the spot. On the spot. And like time was ticking. And so I was like, yeah, of course. Like this. So the crate we were using, it was approved to go to Nepal, approved to fly back to U.S. But for some reason, this lady, when we were flying it to France, she was like, nope, that I will not do. And so... And we're like, okay, that's fine. Like we 
full upgrade our crate and everything. We ended up getting like a a hundred pound dog can fit in this crate. Like Yoda was eaten. Like he was so tiny in this crate. I couldn't stop taking pictures. I was like, Paul, you have no idea what's going on right now. He's yeah, like six and, hours ahead. And it was it oh. was really funny because uh, so I went really early. I live in the south of France, so I had to drive like five hours from midnight to five o'clock in the morning to go pick him up at the airport. And so I I arrive in this really big warehouse. And I'm waiting for Yoda. I don't know what's going on. I'm the only one there. And then there's this uh, forklift that arrives with Yoda. Just there's a little Yoda in the middle of this warehouse. They just put it like this in front of me, and that was just that was really funny. Yeah, I got the picture, and I saw Yoda's crate on raised up on this forklift, and I'm just like, what? <laughs> like, yeah. oh man. That, that was funny, but we. We definitely learned a lot through those experiences. Like that yeah. time, we didn't really know everything about the size of the crates and everything, which just confirms what we just said earlier, that you really need to check mm-hmm. with your airline what specific requirements they yeah. have, because they they have all power when you get there if they don't want your cat to be yeah. on the plane. then. And we had switched it up that time for the airline, I think. Yeah, yeah, we so. did. Yeah. Yeah, because depending on the destination, you're not going to always be able to fly with the same airline, mm-hmm. which is unfortunate, but that's that's what happens. Yeah, that's a really good point as well. I think um one thing I wanted to share is I've only flown my cat, my family cat, she's flown twice back and forth from Queensland in Australia. And one thing we learned was um, because a lot of those plastic crates come with those plastic food and water holders. So they're open, but they're just a little like tub-like right. thing that you put yeah. on the gate. So we were like, oh, we'll just put some food in there, some water in there. Of course, the crate might move a little bit. So the water had spilt all over her. So <laughs> that's just something for everyone to keep in mind is just think about how the water might spill as well. So I really like your idea of that yeah. hamster bottle thing as well. Yeah. yeah, it's actually why we bought that. Because when I had picked up Yoda after arriving in Nepal, his water had spilled out even over into his food bowl. And it was like all like fat and soggy and like gross now. So he wasn't even able to eat his food because of that. So yeah, handy, but not handy. (laughs) Yeah, so that's just some of the things that you don't think about when you you think cargo. No, for sure. And just one thing about uh, cargo and cabin, I would highly recommend because you may have a choice between those two when you travel. And if you do, I really recommend to take your pet with you in cabin because it it may seem stressful because you have to handle it. Make sure that your cat comes with you and everything. You may be scared that your your cat's going to be loud or something. But Mm -hmm. for him or her, uh, it's way less stress because you're with him. You can reassure him. You can give him treats and water. When he's in cargo, all those things are uh, I mean, pretty sure it's not going to happen because your cat is uh, is really stressed out. If, I mean, more stressed out than if he was with you. He's like in a in family or environment. Even if it's handled well, it's still more stressful. So just if you have the choice, I highly recommend to choose the in-cabin option rather than the cargo one. Yeah, so to reiterate, when we're talking about cargo, we're talking about going where the checked baggage is, whereas cabin is sitting where the normal passengers are sitting and just putting it underneath this, the seat in front of you, um, going through TSA and security like you would with any other baggage that you carry on. Uh-huh. Yep. Um, we've spoken a lot about cargo. Do you mind um, taking us through the um, like what you need to think about when you're taking your cat in cabin? Yeah, so it's way like the checklist go, is so tiny for uh in cabin let me think so all of our in cabin experiences has have been like less than eight hours and there might be some limitations on like how long you can be in cabin but so just check the airline first and for the supplies that you need in cabin well you don't need any live animal stickers so you can take that out (laughs) you do need a lined pee pad at the bottom so just I mean it gives a little extra plush also for your cat to like lay on but it's just there for accidents or water spills or you know (laughs) and yeah we bring like a pop-up water bowl or food bowl but never really need it uh we do give water in from our water bottle to yoda like from using just like the little cap like every 30 minutes to an hour just to keep him hydrated give him some snacks We've never had to use a travel litter box, although that can be very handy for people and especially for cats who need to use the bathroom more often. Yoda is a master at holding his pee, (laughs) so no problems there. Like when we flew to Nepal, he didn't pee for like two or three days. And then I woke up from a nap 
like after we arrived in Kathmandu in my room, I, you know, I hadn't had, I hadn't found the litter box yet. So I just took the pee mat that I had used to line the carrier and I put that in the middle of the floor and I put some litter on it to say, hey, you can pee here for now. And I woke up from like a two hour nap. I was so jet lagged and there was like this gigantic pee circle on this mat. It was so like Yoda had held it for over yeah, 30 hours, probably. We <laughs> think the stress is what, what I was talking about. Being in cargo is in an unfamiliar environment. He doesn't have his litter and he knows that. You know, yeah. usually he goes in his litter to do uh, his, his business. So it's like it can be very long and stressful for them. I mean, I still feel we had to go there and we had to take care of, of our Yoda. But it, it was definitely a long flight. So you mm-hmm. really have to think uh, twice before doing this kind of thing. You don't want to be doing this every week for sure. Yeah. And other than the pee mat for the in-cabin for the soft-sided carrier, there's not nothing really else that you need except yeah unless you want to bring it so it's much easier it's quite a breeze actually mm-hmm. that's so awesome like that the cabin is definitely if you have that opportunity going in cabins a lot easier um one thing uh-huh. i did want to touch on is for some people if they're worried about their cat being stressed they can speak to their vet about calming medication i think but that's something that you need to speak to your vet and discuss and yeah. figure out because um we can't really give advice on that because i think that depends on every single cat every cat's different there and also your experiences are different too so right. i just wanted to mention that because i know we get asked about that quite a bit no for yeah. sure yeah. yeah and if we can add to that i mean we don't recommend sedation i mean some vets might suggest differently but personally we know it can be hazard to your pet's health especially during the altitude changes drugs have different effects and usually it just it makes them kind of like sleepy but their their bodies are trying to stay alert so it's like they yeah. might stress more, actually. But there are natural ar- alternatives, you know, like those little plugins at the vet that give off, like, natural calming aromas. You can, like, put a little sachet or something, maybe, or, like, CBD oil, we've heard. It was also great for calming cats for travel. So those are also natural alternatives to sedation. Yeah, just with CBD oil, just check the regulations in the country that you're yeah. traveling to. Because, for example, if you're yes. coming to Australia, <laughs> you'll get arrested at the border. So, just, wow. Yeah, just it's, think about you know, that. Yeah. yeah. So, another thing that um, I know you're really conscious about is being environmentally friendly with your cat care. So, in season two of the podcast, we spoke to Annika from Rufus and Coco, and she shared the impact of kitty litter and what that can have on the environment. But that's not the only thing that only thing about pet care that can have an impact on the environment. So can you take us through other parts of cat care can that, that can have a negative impact on the environment? Yeah, I mean, it's literally like anything you do in general, but the, the whole thing about cats or pets in general, uh, if done uh, as with like business as usual, is going to be hurting the environment to some point. It's, it's all, I mean, it's pretty difficult to be completely 100% eco friendly, but there's definitely ways you can improve in every single area uh, when owning a cat. And Brittany wrote extensively about this in her ebook listing every single thing you can do to improve this. And uh, yeah, I think she, she can probably uh, highlight those yeah. different points. So you said Annika has mentioned cat litter. And so, yeah, we learned, I mean, we didn't start out being all eco-friendly. Like right after adopting Yoda, we took that Walmart trip. We bought everything in that aisle for Yoda. The best budget food for us, the cat plastic litter box, a few made in China toys. I mean, we did it all. So we know we've been there. But we did learn over the years with Yoda through our experiences that we can do better and that clay-based litter is actually really harmful so we swapped that out for natural wood pellet litter natural corn or wheat or they've got so many now but when we when we started there was really only off-brand wood pellets that you would buy like at the construction store or something but anyway uh the the other area i think one of the main area and it's it's great because it's Mm -hmm. both for the environment and also for your cat's health is food uh food wise it was uh it was a challenge to uh, to find some great food. And sometimes we thought we were doing the, a great choice. And yeah. then we realized a few months later that it wasn't this so food, yeah, that the, the wasn't that good at all. So we had to research, research in depth. And uh, the only problem is that it comes at a price. Mm-hmm. Uh, when you compare it to the regular uh, cat food, it's like, I don't know, sometimes three, four, five times more expensive. But at the same time, 
if you uh, if you divide it by the number of day that you're going to feed your cat, it's not that much, even if it's more expensive, to feed some quality food to your cat and make sure that he stays healthy, uh, enjoys his food, and uh, and uh, also that the food is made in a, a more sustainable way. And uh, we uh, when we did the switch to uh, the the one that we actually use right now, uh, it was it was amazing because uh, Yoda oh, was yeah. like always a little, you know, he eats, but, you know, he just takes his time. But now he's like, he loves this food. He's yeah. like looking forward to every time he's going to get fed. So it's. And he looks healthier too. Yeah, it's, I mean, it's a real satisfaction mm-hmm. to be able to uh, to buy this kind of products because you know that they're going to be great for him too. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Other than food and litter, I mean, virtually every aspect of your cat's life, it can be improved and you can use green. Like I hate using the word alternatives, like eco-friendly alternatives. I feel like we should just be producing like eco-friendly stuff. And that's that's the norm. So I'm I was really pushing that in my ebook. And there's like toys. There are companies, of course, they're smaller and they might be harder to get to, like to reach. You might have to order online, but there are companies that exist and retailers too that source sustainable products. And most often they're more durable anyway. So even though they might come at a sometimes more costly price, they're going to last 10 times longer. And so we always search for quality products now. And I'm not here to say that we're like 100% perfect. We, if we need something for Yoda and we don't have time to research for eco-friendly alternatives, <laughs> we will buy on a whim, not on a whim, but we will buy with purpose still, but at the moment. And that might be in a big pet store. And that's also fine, but. It's just about the, the small efforts that you can do every day. And, you know, mm-hmm. so, from time to time, you're going to have to do something that you're not super happy with. But as long as you're consistent with this, you know, like you don't purchase everything that you see. And especially when you think, you know, when you think about cat toys, you see what cats can play with. Like literally <laughs> you just give them a like hairball, a, little, a little string and they're happy about it. Like you can make so many toys at home and there yeah. are like a hundred ways DIY. to make toys for cats. It's just, you know, you upcycle those products so you don't you don't go and you don't buy anything. So the companies don't have to make it. It's even better. You just use that, you know, the stuff that you have in your house and Mm -hmm. your cat is as happy as if you had this like super modern robot or whatever (laughs) you can find, you know. Yeah. That's actually how we started Fluffy Kitty in the first place. Uh, When uh, when we got Yoda, uh, we didn't have a lot and uh, we're trying to find stuff for him. And so I made this little box uh, enclosure for his litter and then I added like a extra space on the side for his food and you know just so he had like his little space for him and i only used stuff that i found like uh you know like stores that were throw away like little crates i would get those crates paint them and uh mm-hmm. sure it needs sometimes but it's a real satisfaction because you you don't you don't use any type of product you just recycle something you mm-hmm. make something fun and then you're you know i was kind of proud of doing this yeah. after it yeah and yeah. yoda loved it too <laughs> yeah but going, yeah, and I, we still have the pictures, and you know, it's just a like wee little thing, you know, and it's so cute. We like even cut a bath mat out so like he could like be on top of it and like all squishy and stuff, like yeah, super we ac- cute. We actually just did that in our van, uh, just before leaving. Uh, we started our road trip like four or five days ago, and uh, last week I was trying to make a corner for Yoda. Yeah. So I was like trying to adjust our shelves, you know, to make it like a cat tree, but I didn't really need anything, just uh, cutting tools and uh, a few nails in our, here yeah. and there. And now he's got a perfect space. Actually, he's got more room than us, I think. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you can really do a lot with just a little bit of you know what you have already and you know, i like the point you make about just being conscious about the decisions you make it's not always going to be perfect and you can never always be 100 percent optimized and right on the ball but as long as you're thinking about it and being conscious about it it does make a lot of um yeah a lot of effort and change so we're coming up towards the end of the podcast guys and we just want to go through our fast fall like we do with all our guests with the first question being what's one piece of advice that we give to new cat explorers we would say to 
just drop your expectations because it's not like you're gonna buy a cat harness and a leash and you're gonna go out and like make these amazing pictures of your cat or like have like your cat's gonna like lead you like a dog on hiking trails like it takes a lot of patience and a lot of in tune like connection with your cat's personality so you know, like if we got another cat we would might have to approach it completely different than the way we trained Yoda to explore with us. So yeah, drop your expectations and just learn alongside your cat and don't force anything and it'll, yeah, it'll come and it'll, it'll be rewarding. <laughs> so. I completely agree. What's been the most entertaining comment someone has said to you while you've been out and about with Yoda? It's a good question. And it's actually, it's not really what, uh, people say like really the the topic that's going to be but more about the fact that it really makes people react when they see us with a cat you know a cat in the backpack a cat on a leash and i mean i would have been one of the first one a few <laughs> years back to say look at this like what are, what are those guys doing you know and uh it's just create that space for uh, discussion in the first place when people are curious enough they they usually approach us and ask us oh what's going on you know what what are you guys doing with this and then we can tell a little bit about our story and uh it just shows that it's um uh, you know cats can can explore cats can can do other stuff than uh than be a pretty house plant <laughs> yeah yeah exactly yeah they, there's so many things that uh that they can learn and they can do they can they can be with us uh at all times and it's yeah, it's just creating this open-mindedness is uh, yeah, it, it's the best. So yeah, I, I don't know if I can tell you about a specific comment because it's usually you know the same like oh he's <laughs> so he's so fluffy, yeah. he's so cute. Yeah. Or, the other day we woke up in New York City and this guy saw us with Yoda, approached and said, "Sorry to bother you. Here's my two cats," and they were like <laughs> Yoda lookalikes, you know. So it's just it opens it up. He approached us so nicely, and then we got to talk about Fluffy Kitty a bit. So it was just it was cool. <laughs> yeah. Oh, that's great. So speaking of other cats, which cat explorers inspire you? I have a few, but one that really pops out to me. I've been we've been friends for a while on Instagram, and I just love the content that they put out. Uh, is Adventure Rio. I don't know if you guys seen them, but she yep. she camps with her doggy Bruce, and it just makes my heart melt because I would love Yoda to explore with a furry friend like that. Yeah, like, she's working on on me for the. the yeah, I know. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, it's coming. <laughs> but yeah, there's there's so many. I mean, Cash Me Outside, we love those guys. Inventorio, I can't. I should have made a list because they all deserve to be mentioned. I have to admit, I'm starting to realize this is a really unfair question on everyone because it's really hard to mention them all. Yeah. <laughs> what product, service, or program has been a game changer for Yoda? Right. Well, I think we've talked about the food. I don't know if we can mention a brand, yes, but uh, yes. go ahead and mention the yeah. brand. Uh, it's called Castor and Pollux, and it's uh, I think it's a Canadian company that that makes this food, and it's I mean you almost want to eat it, and I think that's what you should be looking <laughs> for when you buy food for your pet. It should be yummy for you as well, in a way, you know, because like I mean they, they they deserve that kind of attention. I think it's very important. So yeah, when we changed yeah. that for Yoda, it was. His health, I think, it, you know, Improved, like his coat yeah. was better, his uh, his mood was better. He was so happy every yeah. meal. So that that's one thing. And uh, we love our cat backpack. Right, yeah, I the mean, cat backpack is that awesome. That really opened up like hiking with Yoda in a new like. We never, well, we have traveled with Yoda like that, but you know, with the carrier, it just doesn't feel like you're going on this cool exploration journey together like. yeah you're just carrying him and it's less yeah. interactive or yeah i don't know if that's the right word but at least he's with you you know you can <laughs> we usually carry the backpack with him at the front so yeah. we can have you know be in contact and you can see his little face like he Popping pops out, out yeah. and just we looks just... around and <laughs> it's just way way easier and it's just on your shoulder so it's not really hard compared to a carrier that you really have to yeah. hold and that's it's painful after a while it just makes you want to do it too because it's easy because it's nice and uh, yeah the the backpack yeah. is uh, it's great. Is really life changing. Yeah. Well, Brian Paul, thank you so much for being with us today. It's been a blast. Where can we find oh, you? Okay. 
<laughs> Yoda and Fluffy Kitty online. You can go to our blog at thefluffykitty.com and you'll see all of our articles on travel and eco and everything else that we've been writing over the years. And you can follow us on Instagram too to, for more day to day pictures and stories at Fluffy Yoda. And Bree, what's the name of your ebook? Oh, it's How to Reduce Your Cat's Carbon Paw Print How to Be a Sustainable Cat Owner in an Unsustainable Industry. <laughs> And they can find that on your blog, is that right? Right, yeah. Just head to our shop and it's there. <laughs> so we'll put those links and any other links from today's episode in the show notes available at catexplorer.co forward slash podcast. Thank you so much for listening today. As always, you can find us on Instagram at catexplorer.community, on Facebook at catexplorer, or join our Facebook group for cat explorers at catexplorer community. We love seeing all the cat exploring you do and helping you with all your questions. So feel free to reach out to us on any of our social channels. And thank you so much for being a part of our community. That's it for today and we'll catch you next time. In the meantime, enjoy giving your kitty the world.